0: Hey podcast family, welcome to Sisters in Scripture. It's your girl Glow here, and I got with me two lovely ladies.
1: It's Lady T. And hello
0: everyone, it's Mayor Bear. And today we are going to be kicking it off with an interesting story about some women warriors. And you can find this story in Judges 4. But first, we will start with some prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for bringing us together. Lord, we thank you for all of our listeners giving them he- ears that they could hear, Lord, that they were interested in trying to find you, Lord. And we hope that we can be a light in the darkness and bring them closer to you, Lord. We pray for all our listeners and whatever it is that they stand in a need of, Lord. We pray that they get their blessings. We pray that your will be done in their lives, that your will be done in all of our lives, Lord, and that you keep us safe, that you keep us guided up, and you anoint this podcast. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, we're going to talk about
1: the wonderful judge, Deborah, Deborah. I will probably be back and forth between both annunciations along with the other annunciations being very interesting, so bear with me. So, our story begins with uh, the previous judge, Ehud, he died. So, due to his death, the children of Israel, as fickle as they are, they decided to do evil in the sight of the Lord. And as always, the Lord was not happy. So, he punished them. Sold them right into the hand of uh Jabin, the king of Cana who reigned in Hazar. So he had a commander of his army. His name was Sisera. So because the children of Israel had done evil again and were sold into the hand of the king Jabin, they cried out for the Lord. Jabin was not nice to them. He was very harsh. Palm um, Skelet apparently had 900 chariots of iron, and he harshly oppressed them for 20 years. So there was the new judge, Deborah, who was a prophetess, and the wife of Lepadeth, who's also known to be Barak. So she would sit under her palm tree, and she would teach as well as do her duties as a judge in the area of Rama in Bethel, in the mountains of Ephraim. So the children of Israel, they go to her and they like, well, is we help us, la 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 la, please, la 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 la. Like they never sing this song before. So she calls out for Barak and was like, has not the Lord God of Israel commanded And go and deploy the troops to Mount Tabor and take a few 10,000 men. She basically said, the Lord through me has said that you're supposed to take 10,000 men with you to go up against the Sarah. And he'll be delivered into, well, he'll be given to you in a certain sense, into your hand. So basically, Barak was like, well, if you go with me, I'll go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. So she's like, I'll go. But understand that you will not get the glory because Sisera will be delivered into the hand of a woman. But Barak, he's with it. He's like, sure, let's go get the barge started and let's call up all the peeps. So they call up all the peeps and Deborah went with him. So Sisera had heard that basically Barak had gone up to Mount Tabor. So he gathered up all his little chariots, all 900 chariots and all his people who were with him to go to the river of Kishon. So therefore she's like, oh, for today is the day in which the Lord has delivered to share into your hand. And has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak is like, okay. And he goes down to the Mount of Tabor with his 10,000 men. Now, imagine he you, you got 10,000 men, and then here comes to with his 900 chariots of iron, and like, who knows how many people. I'm sure it's more than 10,000 men. So pretty much the Lord had routed Sisera and all his chariots and all of his armies with the edge of the sword before Barak. So basically they facing each other but Sisera he got scared and he like alighted. Jumped off. Shot off from his chariot and he ran away by foot. Barak was like I'm not about that. So he pursued the chariot and the army as far as Hershiff has a yam, and pretty much they took out all of the army of Shashira, Um, and nobody was left. Everybody was gone. Everybody was. A, it was a casualty. No, no, no survivors. Nothing. But Shashira had left by foot, right? So he went to the tent of Jahil, Jahil, Jahil. I think it is. Bear with me. Anyway, she's the wife of Heber. That was the you know the Canite. And pretty much there was peace between the King Jabin of Hazer and the house of Hibber, the Kenite. So Jahil, she went out to meet Shasher and was like, Oh, don't worry. Don't fear. Come, come here. Come, come turn with me. I'll, I'll, I'll save you. So he went inside her tent and she covered him with a blanket. And then he said to her, Oh, please give me a little water to drink because I'm thirsty. And so she, Being as hospitable as she was, she opened up a whole jug of milk and gave him milk. Like water milk. So nice of her, covered him all up, made him cozy. And he said to her, Oh, please just stand at the door of the tent. And if any man comes and asks of you, um and says if there's a man here, you say no. So she's like, Okay, you just go rest your eyes and
2: you just, you know, la la la.
1: So He was tired from all of his, uh, you know, fighting and everything and alighting uh, by foot. Because he ain't really fight. He just ran. He's scared. Anyway, he was tired from that and went to sleep. So she went over to him all nice and was like, oh, you're nice and comfy. And took a dag on pay of a tent and drove it into his temple while he slept. And he died. He died. So then Barack come looking for him. And Jahil come out and she's like, I got something to show you. Come see. And she's like, yeah. So the man you see, he right there. He did Peg and all. Temple in his head. I mean, he was sleeping so good that she, like, put the peg through straight on, but it didn't matter because he was on the ground. So, like, basically, he was pitched like the tent on the ground with the peg. That's what happened. And so, basically, that was the day that the good lord had subdued, uh, you know, Shashira's Well, Shashir, which was King Jabin's, you know, right-hand man and stuff. And so pretty much this was what was needed for them to fight against King Jabin. And they're going to grow stronger and stronger against King Jabin and destroy him. And that is our lovely story, even though the children of Israel are going to mess up again. But anyway, ladies, what, what thoughts do you have upon this wonderful tale, especially about our lovely Deborah Deborah? She's awesome. And Jahil too.
0: Yeah, both of them are two awesome women. Like you said, the Israelites were suppressed by the Canaanites and the Canaanites were just like many of the other nationalities that surrounded Israel were Pretty rough. They like oppress people, enslave people, rape people, you know, did bad stuff to people. And I think it's interesting, especially in the news of today. And I don't know if you ladies heard, but there's some stuff going on in the Southern Baptist Church right now. Have you guys heard about this?
1: I probably have not.
0: (laughs) All -hmm. right. So there is there's a big Southern Baptist convention. Um, that happened just this past week, and some of the major pastors, the women. And leaders, mm, I remember, yeah, and leaders of the yeah. church decided I know that, what you're talking about, yeah, they decided that they were going to ban women from being pastors and from taking leadership positions and basically saying that it's biblical, that women shouldn't be speaking in church and women should not be leaders, and that's not God's way there's like a few southern baptist baptist church that are fighting for their rights. There's females that are already pastors of a lot of southern baptist churches and they're like, "Hey, what about us?" And the convention was basically like, "Well, if it continues to be a, a woman as your leadership, you're going to be excommunicated from the uh, from the church." So they're basically excommunicating people for allowing women to hold leadership positions in the church. And they have this whole thing like, oh, it says in the Bible that women can't be leaders, that they're not even allowed to speak, all this kind of stuff like that. Well, I mean, here, (laughs) this whole story goes against that whole thing because God appointed Deborah to be a whole Israelite judge. And, so back then, you know, they didn't have kings, they had judges. And so God was the king. And then God would appoint a judge that was pretty much like the leader of Israel. And their job was to basically lead them in wars, also to lead. So if two people have a conflict, then they would come up against this judge and the judge would decide what should happen. So basically, they were like a huge leadership role. They're, they're the head. Of the Israelites, the whole all twelve tribes, and not he appointed a woman to do this. So if if it if it's against the Bible to have female leaders, then Deborah would never have existed, and never would have she would have had leadership position for forty years, and a successful invasion, a successful war, a successful freeing her people. Barak, her general, followed her. So, I mean, anyway, that's I just think that's just because of this week and I had to I watch that on the news, and it don't have to help that I watched the little whole Playboy documentaries after that, and I'm like all for women's rights right now. But anyway, <laughs> that's my take on the whole thing right now.
2: Well, I think, yeah. like, even with how you know in relationship the man is the leader,
1: mm-hmm. however.
2: <laughs> we know that God has a soft heart for a woman <laughs> because we tend to be more in tune, I think, because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes men have so much pride that it clouds hearing the voice mm-hmm. of God. And I think with women, we, we're we so emotional that we're so easily connected to hear God's voice. And with um, Deborah slash Deborah, with the whole being a judge, and, you know, having her by Barack's side and basically directing him. You know what I mean? With mm-hmm. the voice of God. I think that's too key to re- recognize as well that, you know, leadership comes in all different sides, shape, regardless of gender, is whoever hears the voice of God and is obedient to hearing him is who God will use for his glory. He can use any, anything. So how can we say that God can't use a woman as a leader? We can't.
1: I agree completely with you both because like you said, this story wouldn't be possible if this wasn't what God had allowed and wanted and had appointed her to this position. So if it comes to be God's will, it will be done, whether it's, you know, a man or a woman or whatever situation you know, that may arise, and his will will be done. And he speaks through every and anybody. You know, good, bad, short, tall, whatever, rich, poor. He does what he does. So it's funny how people want to regulate things of how they feel. It just seems to me, as of late, that The whole world wants to go backwards into time and erase women's rights and, you know, anything for anybody. It it seems to me like they really want to like go back in time and just erase away equity, equality, all of that. And it's it's insane because we've been progressing forward. And now all of a sudden you have all these different people who want to backpedal into the way things used to be. And unfortunately, the world is just not cut out for that because it's cut out for the strides that have been made. So I'm not too, too sure, you know, where all this is coming from. And especially being that it's a partnership between men and women in general, right? Because I know I read in some places that Barack was considered her, her husband. And then, of course, like Barack was completely separate and was like the general, like you said, Sister Glow. So it just depends. In my mind, I feel like that that they were together, sorta of, kinda. I don't know. But definitely Barack wouldn't have went down and pursued Sarah had it not been for Deborah's, you know, profiting and so forth. So mm-hmm. nothing none of this would have happened without her. Which is why she has a whole chapter in her being a judge. So therefore hmm, to all these lovely people and their yeah. thoughts.
0: Barack was um Humble enough to to realize how powerful Deborah was, and to mm-hmm. not be prideful and say, "Uh, uh-uh, uh no woman's going to show me up." And instead of that, he said, "You know, I'm not. I'm not going to go there without her." You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And at a time where women were considered <laughs> less than livestock, that was a pretty bold move on this general. I mean, he was a general. He was major. To be able to be that be humble enough to to recognize a woman's power, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. a lot of men, I feel like they're so prideful that they can't even they can't even give us a, you know, <laughs> give us an inch. They'd be like, no, you know, to everything. And I think a lot of that is a lot of that sometimes is insecurity. You know, and I I think a lot of isms like racism, sexism, tribalism is insecurity. If I let this group of people achieve, then they're going to take away my power. They're going to take away my money, my job, security, my whatever. They're going to take that away from me. And so instead of being secure in themselves and being like, you know, what? I'm cool, even though I'm a general, I'm going to still be a general, regardless of if, you know, this woman is a judge or not a lot of men, I shouldn't say most, it's not most, the, a very few subpopulation of men try to oppress everybody else because they're so afraid that, you know, we're going to take over. <laughs> I mean, it happened in World War II, you know, when they came back for their jobs and, you know, the women were there working and they were like, oh, no, 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 y'all should be at home or whatever, because they were so afraid of just, you know, women taking over or black people taking over or whatever people taking over. And I just feel like it was very, I feel like it takes a very in tune man and a mature man to realize that we are all parts of, we are all working parts in God's church and that we all have roles and they may be the heads, but we are the necks and what a good is a head without a neck. You can't move your body. You can't really do anything if the head doesn't have a neck. When you silence a group or oppress a group, then it doesn't build you up. It puts us backwards, like, you know, where we could have made multiple achievements if only women weren't silenced. If we could have made a lot more achievements in science and uh, leadership and uh, a national relations if women weren't silenced, because there's a lot of women who have very good ideas about how to do things that we could have probably been well ahead of where right. we are had you know not certain groups been silenced, but because people want to silence each other then <laughs> then we just like um are you know taking too long to achieve we're taking longer to achieve versus if we all work together, you know what I'm saying, oh yeah, definitely, and then also
1: the fact that you had little miss. Jael, ride or die, princess. She's out here rolling for the people. What were what were you guys' thoughts on her role in her playing into this whole situation?
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I don't think I don't even think Jael was an Israelite. I think she was like. She was like a a nomad. She was living in a tent. You know what I'm saying? I don't even Mm -hmm. think this was her fight. But she knew what was right. She kind of reminds me of... um, What's her name? Rahab. Yes! She reminds me (laughs) of Rahab. Like, this was not even her fight. But she recognized Mm -hmm. God's power and God's people. And she took it amongst herself to... Um basically she won the battle for the Israelites by killing this this um general that happened to go in her tent. You can see the difference between Barak and what's his name? Shaith. What's his name? Shashera Shishera. Uh-huh. You can see this this contrast between Barak and Shasherah where Barak was humble and guided enough and secure enough in his manhood that he allowed a woman to be positioned next to him. Whereas, what's his name again? Shashira? (laughs) Shashira. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shashira took this woman for granted and was like, oh, she ain't going to do nothing. She live in a tent. It's a female. Go get me some milk. Go watch out. Go watch the front door. Like, basically, he didn't even, he ordered her to do these things. It wasn't even no please, thank you. It was like, you're a woman. I'm a man. I'm a general. You're beneath me, so you're going to do what I said. And then she ended up being the one to kill him. So there's like a contrast between those the two ways that men can treat women. You can treat us as we're beneath you, and you can take us for granted, or you can treat us as, hey, we're you know we are equals. Like yes, God put you as a position of the role of the head of the family, but that doesn't mean that we are supposed to be you know your whipping boys. Yes
1: absolutely it was really in it i found it also interesting that with them like her husband and you know uh Jabin the king they had peace amongst each other but i did find it very interesting that her husband had pitched his tent away from the rest of his people so it was definitely easier for him to seek out that tent because it was all alone versus if his tent had been with the other knights um, that he was with. He might have been apprehensive because he wasn't sure about them as a group. So it was very interesting that their tent was kind of, you know, off away from the rest of everybody else to begin with, which made it an even better situation and a setup for Jahel to do what she did.
0: Hmm. It also speaks highly of God using people that you would not necessarily see as a hero. So, you know, Jael was a wife. Deborah Deborah, and Jael were both wives. You know, they were both female. Jael wasn't even an Israelite. She lived in a tent. I don't know too much about Deborah's background, but it, it's just, you know, how God loves to use this unlikely hero. I, I just love it. I love how he can take anybody and just use them to be like (laughs) win a whole war it it just speaks highly of God's power
1: and I found it interesting that Shashira being that he had these like 900 chariots Mm. and such he comes across this thug life like (laughs) a rapid jabbing and nobody could take me down, and blah 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 blah, but yet, when Barack and his ten thousand people came, which isn't really that different from nine hundred you know the nine hundred without or whatever it was, it wasn't that really big of a a difference in a certain sense, I guess I don't know, but it felt like Barack didn't have as much as like he might have had with all of his stuff and everything. And it was just funny, I guess, to share anew that the odds were against him and he just rolled out and left all of his people and all the chariots behind to fight this battle that because couldn't even
2: fight. I think that's because he recognized the power of God. Like, he, mm-hmm. he, you, you probably felt the presence of God. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I, I've seen this before, you know, small <laughs> army, and we know who's behind that small army. I, I feel like in his spirit, God already spoke to him, said that he, you know, this was going to happen. So when he saw the signs, he said, uh-uh, i seen this. I'm gone. Yup.
1: Yup. I I agree wholeheartedly. I just thought it was hilarious that my man alighted. He alighted. He mm-hmm. didn't just get up. He jumped projectile <laughs> out of his little chariot and rolled out and pretty much... Barack and his people took everybody out so badly to the point that they were running back home and yeah they didn't really make it they like took everybody out
2: and it's not like Barack was like somebody that was out there you know slaying a whole bunch of people that people were afraid of you know this is Mm -hmm. like somebody that God raised like it's just kind of like you know um, Gideon And for them to for um, him to be quickly afraid of him by just the sight of him, that 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 itself speaks so, so much volume about the presence of God. Like when God goes before you, we always say a prayer. We're like, God, go before me, you know, to prepare this, prepare this way. Like he sets the atmosphere before you even get there.
0: Yeah, I feel a little bit different about why he ran. I feel like a lot of times people who are insecure, they make a lot of noise. They do a lot of showboating. They do a lot of talk. But then when it comes down to the, the real, real, when they get real, real, then they ready to run. They're the first ones to run. And you see that often like in a job, in jails, in harsh situations, at war, you know, when you have your soldiers, it'd be the most insecure ones that are up there loud and I'm tough and I'm rough and I'm thug and I come from the streets and da 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 da, da. And then they get <laughs> it's a pistol in front of their face and they crying like a baby. And it's just it's that it's that insecure. Like a lot of times people think that pride and insecurity are opposites, but it's actually not. Pride tends to be a it tends to be like a mask for people who are really deep down insecure. Instead of being like I'm scared I I don't feel adequate. They'd be like, I'm the toughest. I'm the best. I'm the biggest. You're nothing. You know, that's, that's pride and insecurity working hand in hand. So I feel like that's what this other, this Canaanite leader was like, represented that type of person who's very insecure with themselves.
2: But I think that he will have um, some battles under his belt, though, because he was the commander of the Canaanite army. So, I mean, how can you be a command? Well... <laughs> I mean, you... But, but my thing is, like, but there has to be a difference with recognizing the difference of, you know, Barack's army against mm-hmm. other armies. Because right, if right. you're a commander, you've already had some, you know, battles right. under your, your wings. So what's the difference between the presence of the other battles and this? That's but I feel like it was the presence of, it, it's just, God's he, presence he knew the before. Yeah, he mm-hmm. knew something was different. And like you said, he was a punk. He ran. He was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I know this is a battle I'm not going to win. So I'm out. Pew! Like, <laughs> I like, probably, yeah, I know I got it. But this one, now I'm out. So, yeah, he was a punk. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. It could have been, it could have actually been a bit of both. The Lord spoke to him or he sensed it. And he was a punk deep down inside anyway. Mm -hmm. So he just was like, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and go. He just headed on out. Didn't say not a word, just projectile himself into the atmosphere and on foot rolled out. And then probably how it went was they were all lined up, like I said. And he looked around and it was like a moment. And then my man just just pew out and then they all (laughs) kind of watched him run away and then next thing you know and they started fighting and then you know barack and all his people took out all the shashira's people and then barack looked around like which way did he go and then he ran after him meanwhile he made it to the tent and there you go so yeah i think it i could i think honestly it could be a bit of both like he was insecure And he was a hot mess and like, you know, he didn't know what to do. And he also understood, you know, with everything going on with how the Lord works and, you know, everything, it was both of them. And that's probably why he alighted, not jumped, not quietly rolled (laughs) down the road, alighted, because between him being a punk and the Lord speaking to him, he was like, "Mm -mm, I'm out. I'm out. out." So yeah, I
2: think you both have very valid points in there. Now, do you she gave this man milk. He has a water he she gave milk, right? <laughs> Think about it. Was, like milk milk really puts you to sleep. She knew exactly what she was doing. She but it's gangster that she went to the temple though. Like she couldn't hit him anywhere else. Like I I just can't I'm trying to picture. She, she how wanted she him dead. Ooh. She wanted him dead. She wanted him Yo, dead, dead. but how how dead, do you dead, dead. that's 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 a yeah, that's a biblical thug for real. So, I, I don't, mm, thug Princess Jesus. knew what she was doing. Thug
1: princess mm-hmm. knew what she was doing. She wanted him dead dead. Not dead, not
2: in the. the Could you imagine him dead, dead. It, like to the temple and then not oh my gosh. Woo. He was Mm-mm. tired. He was tired. She gave <laughs> him that milk. She gave him that milk and he was tired from all of his alighting that he did. So, Do you know how much I would have thrown up though? Just thinking about not putting that in his temple. Well, she had That's a weak right. stomach. Damn
1: she it. sure did not.
2: Oh, oh, it. Oh, That's why oh, I said it. that
0: girl is gangster. Like, this ain't the first rodeo. I need so, to know what so else she is, did. This is something I actually really like because a lot of times you'll read Bible stories and me being in the medical field and being a doctor I can explain it's so it's so cool when I read things things like this because I can explain how this happened on a scientific level, which I find so awesome because there's no way that Miss Jael went to medical school. She was not Dr. Jael. So you know that was nothing but God. But the temple is actually the softest part of your skull. It's the weakest part yeah. of your skull. So it's way easier to fracture a temple than it would be your forehead or the back of your head, which is known as which is the occiput in medical language. But the temple is the softest spot. So she's a woman, so she don't have a lot of strength, right? Because naturally, men are stronger than women. They have more testosterone. It's easier for them to gain muscle. We have more estrogen unfortunately it is easier to gain fat but you know god made it that way so that we can bear children and feed them with our milk and all that kind of stuff like that so she didn't have a lot of physical strength but it's almost like god showed her where exactly to put this peg this is a probably not even this is probably a doll peg so if you imagine the pegs that he used to to put him tense, right? They were really long. And this one was so long that it went through one temple, through this man's brain, out the other temple, and to the ground. So he was like, pinned, mm-hmm. his head was like pinned to the ground. So I'm being very graphic because the Bible sometimes like was we'll sugarcoated a little bit and I tell you the graphic part of it, but this thing is graphic, okay? Like it went through his whole head and he died like that. But like I said, scientifically, Mm. It makes sense. Like, God yeah. directed this. There ain't no way that God did not direct this because I'm sure J.L. wasn't like, okay, that's the softest part of the temple. It's right there. If I put it right there, I can do this and not wake up. Nah, No. Nah. That, was, that, that was... That's, that's what I said.
2: I'm, I'm sorry. I have a quick disclaimer. Listeners, please do not try this at home. <laughs> oh, yeah. man saying the all 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 Lord then told you now. to do. No, no, no. When. <laughs> <laughs> that that is that is that is very true. I, I'll
1: say this. That's why I said what I said about the fact that you could have definitely pitched the tent with him because that thing wasn't going nowhere. It probably it probably would have been stronger than just the regular peg mm. <laughs> through the ground. Mm. Mm, mm, yeah, mm. he
2: was he was dead dead. Like dead. Give him that good old milk, girl.
0: I yeah, mean that must have that must have been an like uh, Irish coffee. <laughs> 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 yeah, something, something in it had some
1: stuff it. has had some bellies had some, bellies with some Kahlua or something. <laughs> some something. Some herbs, well. y'all, herbs. <laughs> yep. She, she. I mean, she, she took out that jug. She was ready. She's like, "Oh yes, have some milk. Yes, mm-hmm. let me come you the a blanket." Because think about it, homeboy was tired. He said, "Can I have some water?" She said, "Oh, you're so famished. Let me give you some milk." Because you know, warm milk is great for keeping you going to bed, and then not, not on top of that, she gave him the milk, but then she covered him up all nice and cozy and snazzy, so it's just like a formula, like, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, she's probably <laughs> singing a lullaby and everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> she came over to him all softly, she probably looked at him too, yeah, at the same time, she's like, oh, look at him sleeping. Okay, I just need to go right there. Okay, yay! Ding! And that was it. Mm-hmm. Cause he didn't hear nothing. I mean, at least it, you know she got it over with pretty easily, and then he was asleep. So, eh.
0: yeah, there you go. It was it was humane. <laughs> he see, you know. By the time so, he knew, it was it was too
2: late. Oh my goodness! I felt like the true heroes are uh, Deborah and Yaël. Yeah, yep. Yaël, Yaël. Deborah,
0: Deborah. <laughs> However you want to yes. say it, they are yes. heroes. Yael, Yael, Deborah, yeah. Deborah. Yes. everybody can say heroes. Barack because you know we know Barack Obama, so <laughs> right, 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 pretty much, pretty, much. Right.
1: <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty much. So yeah, Deborah, Deborah, she's she's great, but I think the real, the real, I won't take anything the away from you. Deborah. But the real, the real G, the real, the real thing is Thug Princess, Jahel,
2: Jael, Yahel. <laughs> well, Deborah had the vision. Yeah, yes. and That's then the, Yahel executed the vision. Oh, yeah. The vision. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> He sure yes, did. it goes It goes to show you like, you know, a lot of times and they've done studies on this. Women tend to work with each other to figure out problems, whereas men mm-hmm. try to compete against each other to try to figure yep. out problems. So it just yep. goes to show you the power of when women come together. And that's something we need to learn from this story, too, because a lot of times we as women, we fight each other. You know, we put each other down when really we should be lifting our our queen sisters up. You know, and, and you know, when us women lift each other up, there is a lot of power in that, as you see. So, as you said, it was almost like a team, right? So, mm-hmm. Deborah had the vision and Jael did the execution. So, pretty much. And that's
1: all she wrote because Barack just came and was like, oh. <laughs> Barack was just like yo, I'm going to let my girl do her thing. <laughs> okay. And Meanwhile, Deborah DeBoer she over there giving high fives to They're like, Yeah, girl, look at you. I know, you want something to do, yeah, girl, and, and you know, and they're just celebrating and you know, yep. good things, yeah, amen. Now, the now, this wasn't
2: there have- prophesied there was going, um, they were going to be in be the hands of a woman,
0: yeah, yeah. Yep. Deborah prophesied that, that the, yep. the battle would be the a victor would be a woman, <laughs> that a woman would be. Credited basically with the victory of the war. So, yeah. Yep. And that's what happens. That's what And
1: happens. yay, the children of Israel, they're going to win against King Jaban just so that they can go back and sin again. I yay. know.
0: Oh man, as I read and the I Bible prod. and I see that, like every time, like when you read through Judges and Kings, you be like, and then Israel sinned again, and then Israel sinned again. And you're like, why did they learn? But also, we gotta think, why don't we learn? Because we do the same thing. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it's easy
1: to see other people's situations. Like you can right. see the bigger picture when it's not you. So it's right. very easy to look at, you know bobby and robbie and see what they're doing but then when you take and go back and look at yourself you're like "Ooh, cringe moment i'm doing the same thing mm-hmm. yeah
2: right and right. i applaud barack also for like you said uh um, lady glow like you know not being afraid to follow a woman mm-hmm. you know like he literally was like if you will go with me i'll go but if you will not i'm not going and mm-hmm. just realizing and putting you know not having that manly pride like all the vision got to come from me and I got to execute it like he literally was used as an instrument throughout the whole
0: the whole thing and he was fine with it mm-hmm. so mhm yeah, sometimes it's okay to, you know, just be a
2: palm. the woman and listen <laughs> to your woman, listen to the person, you know, just because we're supposed to be your other partner. And sometimes you're, the, you know, you want to boast up and be like, I'm, you know, the head of my household. God also talks to the woman, you, yeah. gotta, you know, know the voice of God to know that it's him and not coming from just a woman. Mm-hmm. You can't look at where the message is coming from. You have to, you know, listen. You, you can't look at the messenger. You have to listen to the message. Yes. It's not, it's not you know, because it's coming from a woman, you don't listen. Mm-hmm. You no, know, because the source is God. Right. So you could miss right. a blessing, a big blessing by doing that. Right.
1: That's so true. And submission is not about being a doormat or you know a servant to your spouse submission is submitting under authority but then at the same time with your partner's leadership you know there's a a partnership between you and your spouse as well as with god because that is what it's all up in your relationship so while yes you have your partner who is the head of the household and so forth and so forth he doesn't know everything. So yeah. therefore, with that, that's why the Lord is involved, because I know there are many a days that i be looking. And he's like, oh, here he go. Thinking he's <laughs> going to go over here and do this again. Mm. But let me let me go ahead and listen to her prayer, because she knows that he's. Touched and go fix some things so things can, or maybe, you know, let me, let me go poke at him so he can realize that what she's saying is, is actually something he needs to consider. So it's a partnership. It's not, you know, one person oppressing somebody or, or being more superior. It's, it's a partnership. Where you're being led, God is leading the household and the man, and the man is leading the woman. But it's also a partnership where both parties are interlocking. And then basically, if you look at it like that, you know, in a certain sense, even though the timing, the the roles are a little different, Deborah is the one who is leading. And rather than, you know, like you got, you both have said, rather than Barak being like Psh, she's a woman, he actually listens. He he goes ahead and says, okay, because she's the person of authority. So Mm -hmm. it's different. So he listens to her and submits to what she's saying. And that's why they're victorious. But Well, along with Thug Princess helping out too. So (laughs) there you go.
0: Yeah. Submission is like in a marriage. I would say submission is not being a doormat. Just like you said, it's more like us being a support for our husbands, you know, helping them being their helpmate. You know what I'm saying? Yes. They're the head, but You know, we have a We're They might be the pilot, but we might be the co-pilot. And if they get sick or if they get lost, it's our job to step up and say, no, no, no. This is the this is the direction that we're supposed to go into, you know, and, and oftentimes in a family. The men are lost, especially nowadays. It's so easy to get lost nowadays. And so sometimes God will choose the woman and, and speak with the woman and say, Hey, this is how your family's going to get out of this situation. Because maybe the guy is not, is either not in tune with God, is not praying, is doing wrong. You know, there's so many, you know, things or is it disabled or got sick or, you know, there's so many things in a family that can happen, um, to the head of the household that is the reason why a woman might have been, you know, talked to by God instead of the man always being the person to talk that God talks to. Like, you know, God talks to us too. Um, and I think it takes a strong man to be able to discern, okay, is this my wife talking that's a woman or is this God talking through her? Because you have to discern those things. Now if your woman talking crazy and is trying to lead you and your family away from God, that's different than if, you know, she's actually in tune with God. And that would be a reason to follow or to listen. So you you really have to have discernment when in a relationship with someone else and trying to figure out which direction you guys are going to go into as a partner. Mm-hmm. Amen mm-hmm. to that. So final thoughts, mm-hmm. ladies.
2: Um, I I, I will say. Even though, like, to me, you know, Yael did not really... There was no purpose of her killing um, Sisera. Because they were not enemies. Like, they were at peace. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. there was a higher calling, a higher purpose, and she did it to honor God. And Mm -hmm. even though, like, you know, sometimes it it didn't make sense because it's like, why would you do it? Um, Because that was not really your enemy that that could have been like her ally but right. was there was a greater cause and there was a greater purpose and even though sometimes we may be in a situation where we're comfortable with whatever situation we're in God is calling us to do something different and we shouldn't hesitate to do what he's calling us to just like Yael she didn't hesitate you know she she heard the mm-hmm. voice of God to do what she had to do, and she did it because she didn't did it, do it on her own because if you think about it she was she should have been the ally, mm-hmm. so I think that um mm-hmm. you know we should be everything we do should be honoring God, and also whatever tool God gives you at that moment,
0: use it. <laughs> <laughs> right there, you go. I like that. That's a good one. Yep. She used what she had. All she had yep. was a little peg holding up the yep. tent, and that's what yep. she used. <laughs> if you got, if you got
2: a little milk, just use it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. She won a war with some milk and a and a, a peg from a tent. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. <laughs> My final thought would be do not underestimate the power or the anointing of a woman because yes. it will surprise you mm-hmm. every time.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess mine might be pay attention to who is around you and how things are going in the sense of Barack could have piped up and been like, no, woman, I I'm man. I'm, I know everything but he didn't. Mm-hmm. He actually took what he saw and understood what it was and went for it. So basically, instead of you always trying to question, you know, roles and everything, look at what it really is and where it's coming from and use like you said, Sister Glow, that voice of discernment and learn to take in what you're getting because God might give you something that is wonderful in a way that you didn't expect.
2: Awesome. Amen. All right. Father God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for such a wonderful, wonderful um, time that we've had speaking about Deborah and just how amazing you are um, in using whoever you desire, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for each and every day just opening our eyes to see more and more how amazing you are, how um, you always, always use those who others may not think may have the the strongest power, but you use the underdogs, Lord. And we just thank you, God, for showing us that your will will always be done and accomplished regardless, Lord. So God, we just thank you for this day, Lord, we thank you for you loving us. We thank you for you covering us, Lord, and protecting us as you always do, Lord. Let us hear your voice clearly when you speak to us, God, and that we do not hesitate at all to act upon what you have called us to do, Lord. Take away fear, Lord God, and give us boldness, Lord God, boldness like Jael, Lord God, to be able to... um execute what you, Lord, have for us to do each and every day, Lord. So as we go into this week, Lord, we ask that you guide our footsteps, Lord God. Let your presence go before us, Lord, and give us the tools and the strength and the mindset to be able to do what you have called us to do and to accomplish what you desire for us to accomplish on this day. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.